Gregory Hallows, and this is Preserve Halloween Podcast. So, once again, it has been uh, a while since I sat down and recorded a podcast. I've been crazy busy as always. I've been doing a variety of things. Um, Don't want to dwell on that too much. But needless to say, I've been very, very busy, and that's fine. Uh, But it is July. Officially, for most of us, July 5th is the start of Halloween season because that's when stores start putting Halloween decorations in on their shelves because after 4th of July, there is no other major holiday until uh, Halloween. So from July until October... We uh we own the shelves, I guess. Oh, I mean, there's back to school. Where I live, they don't really start putting out Halloween decorations till after the back to school stuff's gone. Uh, so I ha- I haven't really seen anything where I live. But July fifth has become kind of the official unofficial start of Halloween, and that probably explains why before Halloween even happens some of the stuff's getting pushed off the shelves because they're getting ready for Thanksgiving. But, um, so that's been fun. I don't officially start decorating Halloween until my birthday in August. And even some people think that's too soon, but you know, whatever, let them think what they want. Uh, so what have I been up to? Been doing a lot of things, getting ready for shows. Preserve Halloween Fest is coming up in November. Got a really good lineup so far. About to uh, announce some new people. I just downloaded the uh, 100 Things to Do This Halloween Season from SpookyLittleHalloween.com. Miranda's come up with a really cool list of things to do for this Halloween season, as always. Um, What else have I been doing? Uh, I mean, one of the... (laughs) topics of the podcast is a uh, rabbit hole I fell down last night watching a movie. But as I'm recording this, I think officially it's 100 days to Halloween. So it's getting close. Uh, I'm I'm working on the designs for the uh, Halloween Preservation Society's uh, memberships this year. I have not forgotten about the website. It has been down for a while while I moved into my new warehouse. And I wanted to wait until the new designs were ready before I put it back up. So I'm hoping that becomes available mid-August, September time frame so I can start shipping stuff out to get it for October. Uh, Really excited about the design and what I'm including uh, this year. It's going to be fun. But back to my my rabbit hole uh, discovery. Last night, I finally watched Scream 6. I've always liked the Scream series. I have always loved the design of the mask for the killer in Scream. And it's hard to believe that we're we're approaching 30 years for that franchise, which is, you know, baby baby years for most uh movies in in horror that's been around forever, but that's insane to me that we're almost to 30 years for for the Scream franchise. But I watched Scream 6 last night and they had, you know, multiple versions of the of the mask. 
that I've, you know, come to know as the Ghostface mask. I kind of knew a little bit of the history of the mask, but some of the uh, articles I found last night, I was very, very surprised with what I found. So let me give credit before I get too far. I read a article in, on Fangoria by Ryan Hills. He put it out uh, March 9th, 2023, so only a few months ago. I read an article by Brian Cronin on the Huffington Post page. Uh, it was He was a contributor. This was back. Uh, he's the writer and founder of LegendsRevealed.com. Somebody asked him on his website about the ghost face mask and was it really discovered in an abandoned house and the it was actually the the mask that inspired Wes Craven and his production crew to use for scream was found in a uh, abandoned warehouse or um, abandoned warehouse no an abandoned house that was previously used in an uh 40s Alfred Hitchcock movie called Shadow of a Doubt uh the lady who found it was named Marianne Madalena and she took it to Wes and said, what do you think about this? And he liked it. But we'll get to that in a little bit because there is a lot to this story. But I wanted to give credit to those people that I uh, read their stories and basically got the uh, inspiration to do this. So um, Fun World is the name of the company that legally owns the rights to, uh, to the mask. Fun World is uh, it's a holiday company that puts out Halloween stuff, Harvest, uh, Easter, Valentine's Day, Christmas. They put out stuff for all those holidays, including owning the rights to the Ghostface mask, which is what they called it. They they have it registered as Ghostface. But let's let's go back a little. They are. Uh, Credited with the creation of the design of the mask and also own the design. So here's where it gets tricky. Back in the mid-80s, a guy named Lauren Gibbons uh, created a mask called the Screamer Longjaw. That's what he dubbed it. Um, I'm going to post the links to these articles I found so that you can see the pictures of the stuff I'm talking about. Anyway, back in the 80s, Lauren Gibbons uh, worked at Tony Gardner's Alterian Studios, and he created a mask. Then let me let me give Lauren some some props. Lauren worked on Cyborg, Darkman, Dark Angel, The Blob. Uh, awesome, awesome credit list. Uh, James and the Giant Peach, Brain Scan, Cabin Boy, The Willies, uh, Cocoon, The Return, Fright Night Part Two, all that stuff. Uh, he worked on all those. Harry and the Hendersons, he worked with uh, Rick Baker on that. So, Lauren Gibbons, props. You know, I love giving props to special effects people, makeup people, because they deserve it completely. Um, so, Alterian Studios, they uh, were in a period of slow film work. So, the people that worked there loved Halloween, as we all do, right? And so they decided to create an uh, offshoot company from Alterian Studios called Alterian Ghost Factory. And they created a product called Ghostmaker that included a vacuum form mask, glue, and paint 
so you could create your own ghost costume for Halloween. The only thing that you would need is your own bed sheet, and then you would have everything you needed to be a ghost, right? So that's cool. They they made this they made this package. They put together this really cool uh, thing, but they, you know, didn't sell it to the public really. So they made six designs for that that set, including Lauren's uh, wailing ghost design that he took from a prior Halloween costume he made for himself. He designed the the way the ghost face looked, all that stuff. Uh, he made this costume back uh, in 1990, so before the movie, before, you know, time. the time frame on this is very important. Um, and I want to say that I'm not for or against Fun World or, you know, whatever happened to give them the, the expectation that they cre- are credited with the creation of this mask. I'm just trying to make sure everyone gets credit. So... In 1990, Lauren Giddens created a a costume for himself, including this mask that is very recognizable to Scream fans. Anyway, the other five designs for this uh, product, the Ghostmaker, that that, uh, Alterian Ghost Factory made were done by Chet Zar. Chet Zar designed five, and Lauren designed the other one. a guy who worked at Galoob Toys as a designer named Bill Bose was hired to create product tags and the artwork to promote this Ghostmaker uh, box set, uh, you know, costume making kit in 1991. And after he uh, came up with this artwork, it's which is in these links, it's really cool. Um, he used the whaler mask that Lauren created as his inspiration to create this artwork for promotion and he did it the old school way pencil and paint on illustration board like this was hand drawn really you've got to see this artwork um i'll share it on the preserve halloween uh society page with the links to the to the podcast but in early in early 1991 lauren went on the road with these finished promotional products and took the these kits to uh the chicago halloween trade show and he brought along jim Eusterman with him and this is where they sold them so let's fast forward a few months and fun world a uh recent graduate named brigitte slayerton leaden if i butcher the name i'm really sorry but uh it might be Bridget. I'm saying it as Brigitte because Brigitte Nielsen. But Brigitte or Bridget Slayerton Leiden, uh, they wanted Fun World tasked her to come up with a new line of Halloween ghost masks. Uh, they gave her pictures of what they wanted the uh, final product to look like, and she came up with some sketches based on those uh, pictures, which. Some people say we're just pictures of the Alterian product line. I don't know. I am not accusing anyone. I have no no proof either way. I'm just kind of uh, relaying the story that I read. Um, Alan Geller, Stanley Geller, and the other product managers for Fun World made the final decisions on the masks that they like. And they chose four of them. 
And those four masks hit the store shelves in 1992, and they were listed as item number 9206 with the four varieties. There was the silly one, the weeping, the goofy, and the happy. And the one that we all know to love, that is the Scream mask, which I'm actually seeing on screen because I've got Scream 6 playing in the background again while I record this. That was the weeping mask, quote-unquote. Uh, all four of the masks came in four styles. You could either, or not four styles. All four of the masks came in black or a white shroud. The white ones are very, very, very difficult to find. So if you see those, they're highly collectible. Um, and the, the, the part that is the controversial part is these four designs looked a lot like Altarian's Ghostmaker line. So a few years later, Lauren Githens had... Uh, gotten tired of selling masks and pretty much had given up on the effects business in general. And he was in Santa Cruz uh, living his best life with his wife. And he was shopping at a drugstore and saw these uh, mass produced ghost masks that fun world made. And they looked a lot like, you know, his design. He was amused but didn't think anything of it. He didn't want to pursue any legal actions. He, you know, for all intents and purposes, that part of his life was behind him. He wasn't doing uh, special effects, no, not selling masks anymore. So, you know, it is what it is, right? A lot different than what things uh, nowadays. So let's go forward to 1995. Uh, K&B Effects Group were tasked to come up with a mask for these, this new product project that was in production, or about to be in production. It's called Scary Movie, which eventually became Scream. Uh, the only thing that, like, notes that they were given is to make a ghostly white mask. There was no any notes other than that. That's what uh, they wanted for the film. They wanted the killer of the movie to have a ghostly white mask, right? So, weeks they're just weeks away from principal photography. They still hadn't found the mask, right? And this goes back to the story I said. Uh, Marianne was product uh, or location scouting. She, she found this abandoned building that was an Alfred Hitchcock movie back in the 40s. In this house, there was a mask. And it just so happened to be the Fun World uh, mask that we all know now. Um, so she took it to Wes. Wes liked it, but he still wanted to uh, come up with their own design, right? And I think I read somewhere that originally the effects company created a version of that mask with enough changes so they, you know, there were no copyright issues and. There, I think they filmed a few scenes with that mask. Anyway, this was beyond the uh, principal photography portion. Uh, after a few weeks, they still had no mask, so finally Wes Craven said, uh, let's use that mask, but we need to get the rights. So they contacted Fun World to get the rights. Uh, when Scream was released, Tony Gardner of the Altarian Studios, the, the guy who was in charge, he saw the mask on screen and was super flattered, right? He, his company's design essentially was being used on one of the, what became one of the biggest uh, films 
of that time and you know overall it's turned into a six film franchise right uh he saw the whaler mask on screen he said it was great but he just assumed it had been too long for him to really do anything about it uh did they even have the rights was the film a one-time deal you know what was the deal right so <clears throat> he didn't do anything so uh, 1996, Fun World trademarked the mask, called it Ghostface. So now they own the rights and all intents and purposes. For most people, they were they're credited as the creators of the the Ghostface mask or the Whaler mask or the Weeper or whatever. At some point, you called it. Uh, and according to the article I read on Fangoria, as late as 2000, Fun World still claimed that they designed the mask. Uh, Bridget got the credit for it. And, you know, of course, Chetzar and Lauren and all the Alterian Studio guys, you know, that's not true to them. Uh, Alan Geller, the president of Fun World, uh, basically now from, from this Fangoria article, what I read, he gives no credit to Bridget at all uh he never mentions her name in any uh articles he gives no involvement by her at all uh the fangoria article says that alan is credited as the sole creator of the design on the company's website but i couldn't find that if i'm going to keep looking because i want to see where it actually says that um from this article also tony gardner at this point just wants credit for the design that they came up with. And so that's the point of my wanting to record this podcast. Wouldn't it be great if Fun World and Scream, the franchise, gave some form of credit to Alterian and Lauren and Tony and all the people involved with the original concept of the, the, the mask? I think that would be awesome. Um to, they're not asking for any money as far as I can uh, have read. They really literally just want, and I mean, money would be great because, I mean, Bill Finger and Batman uh, finally settled. Bill Finger gets credit now for helping create Batman. All, after all these years, his family finally got his uh, some recognition. So maybe the same kind of deal can be made for Alterian and, and Lauren and Tony and those guys. Maybe the credits worth it you know i think for as much money as that creation makes they're entitled to something but that's just my opinion you know so what do you guys think uh is there a way to prove that alterian came up with the ghostface design uh check out these articles i'm gonna post the links for like i said it's an, a fangoria article i'll have it to post I'm going to try to find as many as I can because they have really, really good pictures. And you can see, I mean, it's obvious that it's the same design. But it's not up to me to decide. It's up to you guys. So let's get ready for Halloween. We're 100 days away. We are in, like, prime time. Before we know it, it's over. And that's always the sucky part. It's like it's 100 days from Halloween right now, but... <laughs> Next thing we know, it's 10 days away, and then it's over. So, like, let's take advantage of, of what we're doing. Um, sorry that I've been gone away so long. I'm going to try to post some more uh, podcasts a lot more consistently, hopefully weekly, but, you know, I'm not going to promise anything crazy. Uh, thank you guys for loving Halloween as much as I do. 
And I can't wait to hear and see and read and start seeing all the crazy influx of Halloween posts uh, that you guys all do and just make me super happy. So, uh, as always, preserve Halloween.